You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. going into the word of the Lord this morning and we're so thankful that you have joined us today and um, we're going to be speaking to you this morning about receiving the promise receiving the promise and um, um, God is put into my spirit for this morning and we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 12 Genesis chapter 12 says now the Lord had said unto Abram get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Um, when we talk about promises, you know, people, people are professional when it comes to making promises, professional promises. We make, we make hundreds of promises, but we don't always keep all of them. Sometimes it may only be a handful of promises that we would keep. Um, for example, if you're a parent and you may have a little one uh, uh, who, who uh, desires to have a little puppy, and uh, maybe they come across this way. If you let us have a puppy, we promise to walk him, to feed him, to take him out for a time of pleasure or, or to give him a bath. And how many times has it been that you give in to those promises of getting a puppy and it's only within a couple weeks that you are the one that's... Uh, filling the water bowl, and you're the one that actually is now taking the puppy out for a walk, and, 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 and maybe it's you that uh, uh, gives the, the bath. The, the promises of, of the child have kind of gone off, off the rails. Or, or as parents, we make promises to our children. This medicine tastes like bubble gum. I promise uh, uh, I promise that it tastes like bubblegum. We as parents, of course, you may be telling the truth that it does taste like bubblegum. And you give the tablespoon of that medicine to the child and they gulp it down uh, and it's like bubblegum and off to bed they go. Um, the idea behind what you're saying is you're making a promise of it tasting like bubblegum so they will actually take the medicine. You got... All kinds of instances where people make promises, love-struck promises at the altar uh, that they will love and honor and cherish one another. A promise sometimes that they both fully intend to keep, but yet maybe over time things happen and those promises seem to have gone by the way. What about politics and people who make promises during campaigns? And I mean, so many promises it would fill the the bus that they're traveling around in, but yet uh, without just a small period of time, maybe those promises have not all been kept and some of them have, have obviously been totally forgotten. 
I, I think we would become naive if, if we thought that every promise in every situation was going to be kept. And, and as we grow up, we, we grow to realize that promises are, are, are not always kept because promises uh, are made by humanity. And humanity sometimes forgets to keep the promise. But God, on the other hand, even though he is a man, he is also God. And uh, the Bible is very clear about what he states about promises. You can, you can read it in Numbers 23 and, and 19. God is not a man that he should be neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said he shall, uh, he shall not do it, or hath he uh, spoken that he shall not make it good? Uh, the idea behind that verse is if God said it, you can be assured that it's going to happen. His promises are yea and amen. So this morning, receiving the promise. I, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about this, this man, Abram, and, and what, his, what his journey entailed. Because you can imagine that he, he woke up uh, on this particular day, probably no different than many other days. Uh, I don't know exactly his setting, but maybe he, he slipped into his, his robe and slippers and, and, and put back the flap of the tent and, and had his Canaan's coffee in his hand and, and, and thought about what he was going to do that day. Maybe I'll mend the fences. Uh, maybe I'll fix some boards on, on the barn. Maybe there's some, some things I need to do in the, the field. Uh, maybe there's some thoughts that was going through his mind of things that, that had to happen that day that he needed to accomplish. But during the day, uh, Abraham heard a voice that was speaking to him. It was, it was much deeper than Sarai's voice. It didn't sound like her voice. He looked around. No one else seemed to be there. Uh, he didn't know where the voice was coming from. Then all of a sudden, he, 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 he thought, well, maybe this voice is from above. And instantly, there's, uh, there's a sound of his voice, and he knew, okay, this is not Sarai. It's not, it's not someone else. This, this voice is coming from above. It's uh, unmistakable that, is, that, that this is uh, being spoken to, to me by, by God, the Almighty. And he's, he's telling him some things, and I read it to you in the passage this morning. He, he told him to leave home, leave his country, leave his father's house, leave his farm, and just start walking. And, and where God was leading, that's where he would turn. The directions would be given by, by God. And, 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 and the whole idea of what happened that day, God was asking Abraham to trust him, to, to, that he would show him where to walk. And Abraham, I, I'm going to lead you if you just listen. I can't even fathom what kind of a, a day that must have been for Abram as he heard that <laughs> That, that, that request from God, but with that request, immediately came promise. God's first command uh, came coupled with his first promise to Abram. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. Uh, this, I'm, I'm sure this was music to Abram's ears. Abram was just one man, but God was going to multiply his influence uh, to become a great nation. 
I mean, it's one thing to be mayor of a city or premier of a province or, or whatever the case is, but uh, you, man, you imagine a figurehead of a nation, a great nation, the great honor, uh, no doubt that Abram's uh, mind was turned to when God said, uh, this sovereign God, Abraham, uh, if you will follow my voice, I'm going to direct you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. God was starting to load up uh, Abram's thinking with promises, a table of promises. He goes on to say, he says, and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. I mean, where was this all coming from? Why were all these promises coming Abram's way? God was, God was looking for a person that he could bless that would be a blessing to others. He chose Abram. He, he, he allowed Abram to be, be part of that plan that, that he could flow through. It hasn't changed, church, it hasn't changed from the beginning of time. God has always been wanting to promise his people things that they could be a channel for his blessing to flow through to others, to receive the promise. I'm, I'm speaking to you this morning, receiving the promise. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's not even just about your family. God is wanting you to be a channel to be a blessing to others. God wants to use you to be a blessing. See, God's blessings are not only for us, but they're for everyone. When God blesses us in a service, for example, and we become exuberant in our worship, that's not just to be a blessing to us. Uh, that is to create an atmosphere, to be a blessing uh, to the ones that are around us. God fills us with his spirit. That's not just to be a blessing to us, uh, but it's to allow the spirit to flow through us, uh, that we would be spirit-led on a daily basis so that we could be a blessing to other people. See, um, Abram... Uh, Abram just happened to be the channel that God was going to use. God's blessings for Abraham was going to be the blessings for the world. God was going to use Abram to be the father of a great nation. And that blessing through him would be blessing to all others. See, um, you could look at it this way. God doesn't just give us a, a great paying job so we could, you know, have a bigger house and more toys and, and, and a greater retirement. That's not why God blesses us with great jobs. He also blesses us with, with maybe your ability to do what you're doing, uh, the opportunity that you have so that you can be the channel to people in 2022 to be a blessing to them. It's important for us to keep our ear to the ground. God calling your name. What is it that God wants you and I to do? Receiving the promise this morning is not just for me. It's so that I can be a blessing to someone else. And so you see the story. Abram is about to leave his homeland. 
He packs up his things, and, and as he turns to Sarai, he walks into a, a, a situation you can imagine uh, uh, where she's, she's uh, not seeing Abram fixing the fence, and she's not seeing him putting uh, boards on the barn or, or working in the field. Uh, I'm, I, I could only imagine her question, Abram, what are you doing today? You're, you're packing? What, what are we doing? Well, you know, uh, honey, we're, we're, uh, we're going to leave. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to uh, start walking. We, we're, we're going to follow the voice of the Lord. And you can imagine her thought pattern. Uh, Abram, what, what are you talking about? Did you have a bad night's sleep? Uh, it, 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 is something got you distracted in some way? What are you talking about? We have uh, the, the right setting here. You're, you're living in the, in, in the homeland. You're living at your father's farm. You've got it all uh, uh, under control here, Abram. Why would you want to uh, upset the apple cart, uh, uh, kick ourselves out of the nest, Abram, to, to, to go on to what we don't even know is going to be? I imagine Abram could hardly contain himself. I don't know. The Bible doesn't give us the exact conversation that happened between husband and wife here, but you can only imagine what that conversation would be like. You just have to put yourself in those shoes for a few minutes, and, and I'm sure you could come up with a conversation that would happen at home if you decided to pack up a little suitcase and say we're just leaving it all uh, and we're going off. We have no idea where we're going, but wherever that is, we're going to listen to the voice of God. And when he tells us to turn at a certain road, we're going to take and put the blinker on and turn, and we're going to drive a few miles, and we're going to go to... You can only imagine what kind of a conversation that would start at home. Just think about it for a few moments. And all of a sudden, you can imagine the excitement that's arising in Abram when, when he comes and says, I, I, you know, I can hardly wait to tell you, uh, honey, I can hardly wait to tell you, Sarah, I, what, what God has said. Uh, uh, God has spoken to me, and he told me to leave my, my country, my father's house, and, and start walking, and he's going to make me a great nation. <laughs> Abram. Get over it. Get over yourself. Uh, yeah, you're full of yourself, Abram. Uh, I mean, what? No. This is what God told me. This is what God, God's going to bless me. God's going to make my name great. I, I can't hardly believe it. You can only imagine what that conversation was like that day. I can only think about it. And how, how, how was it that he was going to persuade his wife that this was a good idea? Have you ever had those instances where you thought something was a good idea and she kind of gives you a reality check and says, I, you know, I, what about this? What about that? I, I don't know about this. What, what could, this, could this happen? Could this take place if you did this? Uh, could, could this be? Uh, can you only imagine what that conversation, trying to persuade uh, uh, you know, we're going to leave the familiar and the comfortableness of, of what, we, what we know and we're just going to start walking? We're going to believe God. But Abraham had heard the voice of God, and he knew without a doubt that it was God. And uh, he believed it. And whatever respect level, whatever trust level Sarai had, whatever it was that she knew that Abraham could hear from God, what a wonderful thing to know, that Abraham could hear from God, she was persuaded to leave the comfortableness of everything that they knew and start walking. Uh, this doesn't get preached about too much, doesn't get talked about too much, but God told Abram to leave everything, everything. And Abram 
didn't leave everything. He didn't. Although Abram fully trusted in God, he did not fully obey God. God's command was clear. Leave your father's house and your father's family. That was a command from God. There was no exception to that. Abraham, I want you to leave your house and leave your father's family. But Abram had a nephew he wanted to bring along, and he brought his nephew Lot. Uh, not long into their walk, uh, obviously, uh, Lot's herds, herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen kind of uh, have, a, have a disagreement, and, and you see the, the beginning of a separation start to happen. And, and this would have never actually happened if Abram had to fully obey God and did not take any of the family. It was supposed to be just him and his wife. Um, do you know that just a little disobedience is disobedience? And sometimes, um, sometimes people say, you know what, I, I think, uh, you know what, Lot doesn't have anyone. He's my nephew. I, I'm just going to bring him along. And that actually becomes a, quite a downfall for Lot, comes, becomes a downfall for his family, becomes a downfall for Abram uh, even uh, down the road. Uh, uh, they, they get into uh, a disagreement, and, and the Bible says that Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Eventually, Lot moved his family into Sodom, and soon Lot heard the savage sounds of war. The kings from other nations joined together to fight the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, and a couple others. The kings of Sodom and Gomorrah could not hold off the others, and they fled for the mountains. And Lot was caught in the crossfire. He was captured as a prisoner of war. Abram heard that Lot had been captured and marshaled and an army and, and, and rescued Lot. But sadly, Lot did not learn his lesson. The next time we read about him, he was living in sinful Sodom. Uh, he, he may have uh, been, even been a leader there, according to Genesis 19 and 1. But God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. And he sent two angels and, to rescue Lot from, for Abram's sake. And Lot and his daughters escaped with only their lives before God rained down fire and brimstone on, on those cities. And, and, and this is the last we hear of Lot. Abraham continued walking by faith uh, uh, without Lot. We don't know uh, from that point what, what is it that happened to Lot. But you can see how just a little bit of disobedience uh, of Abram caused a quite, a quite a situation with Lot and his family. God does not grade obedience on a curve. Partial obedience is still disobedience. God is not impressed when we are 99% obedient to him. Disobedience is costly. God kept all of his promises. He made 
he made uh, to Abraham. Abraham ended up uh, fighting battles that he was not supposed to, and he encountered things that he was not supposed to because uh, he didn't fully follow the command that God had given. The Bible gives us an example that he, he fought with a sword and, and, and fought with prayer, in prayer, uh, uh, on behalf of Lot and his family, his life. God knew that Lot would not like uh, uh, what Abram and, and Abram w- was doing. And, and Abram, uh, uh, if he had obeyed God fully, uh, he would have avoided this unnecessary battle and, and heartache. Uh, can you imagine that, that even in our own lives, uh, there are times when we could actually avoid uh, heartache and, and trouble and, 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 and trials and certain things that happen in our lives that maybe are unnecessary if we fully uh, followed what God has told us uh, to receive the promise that he has for us. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, it, it, I'm, only, I'm speaking to me right now, and if it hits you and fits you, then, then receive it. But there are times when, when we feel like, you know what, I can help God out. I've got some good advice, God. I've been doing this a long time, too. If I just do it a little bit this way, I'm sure that'll help you out. And sometimes um, that, that uh, causes us to encounter things that God never, ever planned for you and I to encounter. The, the Bible's filled with eulogies of men and women who obeyed God partially but paid a high price because they ended up fighting battles that were, they were not supposed to fight. God is, God's not erratic, folks. He's not erratic. He, does, he doesn't uh, bark out orders uh, just to watch you and I sweat. He doesn't put us in situations, I'm going to see, I'm gonna see how, how, how much they can, uh, they can handle this. No, he's a, he's a good father. He knows uh, what is best for us because he, he knows what's ahead of us. He, he can see way far ahead. And when God speaks to you uh, and I and, and even uh, and shares with us uh, what to do, we need to completely follow what his voice is saying, what his word is saying, what the man of God is saying, what the, the song that he puts in your heart is saying, maybe what he gives to you in prayer because uh, he's speaking to you as a person and he's got a promise just down the road and he wants it to be, uh, he wants it to be in your hands. Receiving the promise requires 100% obedience um, you see the situation that Abraham uh, received God's promise, and, and Abraham, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's trying to live by faith, and God speaks to him again and reminds Abraham of the promises he's made to him. Um, but uh, can I tell you that it's 24 years later, and Abraham still hasn't received what God has told him? Abraham is, at this time, God gave Abraham a gift, and, and uh, that, that was long before ultrasounds and sonograms and, and, and all these types of things. God told Abraham, uh, listen, you're going to have, you're gonna have a son. And uh, Abraham, uh, I'm going to, uh, this, this, Abraham hasn't done Lamaze classes and practiced diaper changing and he hasn't done any of that yet, uh, but it's 24 years, and this still hasn't happened. Still hasn't 
happened. And you can imagine how the questions might rise. Is God going to be faithful to his promise? Is God going to be faithful to his promise? See, it's kind of tricky for Abraham. He's, he's kind of walking a tightrope. Uh, he's kind of walking uh, a tightrope of uh, two sides. Uh, uh, two sides. Uh, God, I'm, I heard your voice, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to live by faith, and yet it's 24 years, and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, sometimes people confuse uh, laziness with faith. Uh, God makes a promise, and um, sometimes people do nothing thinking that they can just wait for God to do everything. They call it waiting on God. Um, but God is waiting on them at times to do what they can do, and then he will do what we cannot do. If God promised he's going to save your family, then it's not just about you waiting around for that to happen. It'd be good to call their names out in prayer and, and let you, the testimony of your life be an example to them. And, and at the moment that those things are happening, then God can come in to the situation and do what we can't do and fulfill the promise. Um, so you find out that Abraham, he's kind of walking the tightrope here. He, he has the possibility of falling off the tightrope on both sides. And you see what happens. And you know what? We're, we're again, we're going, to, we're going to not fully obey what God has told us. So first he brings Lot. He wasn't supposed to bring Lot. Then all of a sudden it's 24 years. You know what? Um, maybe we can help speed God along. And they come to this agreement 11 years in after God had spoken that uh, they were going to help God out. They're going to help God out. And, and Sarah gives her handmaid, Hagar, and from Hagar, you, you see the birth of Ishmael, and Ishmael is the father of the Arab nations, and and, but that, that was not God's plan. God's plan was not for Abraham to try to speed up the promise. Again, Abraham, and we know he's the father of great nations. We know that, that he's been given an incredible promise from God. But now we have the second occasion that Abraham agrees to try to, uh, I'm going to help God out. I'm going to bring Lot along because he's, you know, he, he needs somebody. And you know what? It's 11 years um, into this promise, and it hasn't happened yet. So we're going to help God out, and Ishmael's born. Uh, God, God's able to do what he said he was going to do when God believes that that needs to happen. Now, to Abraham's defense, he didn't have the benefit of the Bible. We get to have the benefit of the Bible we get to be able to look at the highlight reel of, of, of uh, God's faithfulness to Abraham, and we get to read it, you know, uh, 
after 11 years in, after 24 years in, we see that God's promise was fulfilled. And we get to see that, you know, Isaac is, uh, uh, God asked Abraham to offer him on a sacrifice up the, up, up the mountain. And, and, and we see God's provision. And, and we, we get to see all of that because we get to read the Bible. Abraham's living it. And we can understand that there's probably times of, of distress that Abraham's in that he, uh, I, I, I just can't see how God is going to accomplish what he said he's going to do. He's telling me I'm going to be the father of a great nation and I had no kids. Uh, he's going to make my name great, but I, I'm getting old. Yeah, he's, he's going to bless them that bless me and curse them that curse me. And, but, I mean, there's no people around here. You can't, I, I, we can see how Abraham's thoughts would have been. But God made him a promise. And when God made him a promise, he never goes back on his promise. Look, I'll read you the, those three verses in the New Living Translation of Genesis 12. Uh, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. All the families uh, on earth will be blessed uh, through you. I mean, that is a great promise, folks. But here we are, it's now 25 years later before Isaac is born. A quarter of a century, nine chapters of space within the book of Genesis from the time that the promise is made until it is performed. Just as sure as God kept his promise to Abram, we can be assured this morning that he will keep his promise to you. I'm asking you this morning, has God made a promise to you that hasn't happened yet? If you raise your hand, uh, are you still waiting for God to perform that promise? Then. If you keep your hand in the air, I had God make me a promise in 2003. Hasn't happened yet. I believe that his promise is going to come true. And so sometimes here we are in, in the situation, my situation, it's, it's 18 years later. And it hasn't happened yet. But God made me a promise. At General Conference of 2003 in Toronto, God made me a promise at that conference, and I believe, amen, even though there's times when we try to think it through, well, I wonder if this is the way it's going to happen, or I wonder if this is what God meant. No, no, God made me a promise, and if he's made you a promise uh, this morning that hasn't happened yet, you can be assured that it is going to take 
place. If you're waiting for God to give you an apology this morning or an explanation of why something hasn't happened yet, don't, don't, don't hold your breath. He doesn't need to. He, just, he has just spoken that he'll give you a promise and he will perform the promise. It may take time. It may be even years down the road, but if God said it, you can be assured that he will do it. He doesn't have to apologize for his promise. He doesn't have to apologize for what we think is a delay. For the scripture says that there has not failed one word of all his good promise. Not not one word does he go back on. Not one word does he change. We need to remember that the probing question God asked Abraham to answer is, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He asked him that in Genesis 18 and 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Ask God this morning to let you know if there's anything that you and I should be doing that we can do, that we're able to do. And along the way, we're waiting for God to do what we cannot do. Pray for God to bolster your faith this morning, to believe that what he has promised, he will surely perform. We're, we're, we're kicked into another year, 2022, and and, and, and sometimes we think of it in those ways. Okay, we've entered another year, and, and the promise ha- didn't happen in 2021. I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, on this Sunday morning, uh, that what God promised, however long ago, he will perform it. Uh, receiving the promise is assured. Uh, receiving the promise that God has given is assured. Uh, because God never goes back on his promise. It's, uh, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes how faithful our God is. Whether we're listening to reports, maybe at a hospital, or maybe people are pouring over their bills at home, or, or maybe it's that someone has passed in your life and you're sitting in that front row at the funeral. Sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to remember that God is faithful. In all kinds of situations, and family, and job, and finance, and, and, and all of a sudden there's things that come to our mind. I wonder, I wonder if God is going to see me through, and I wonder if God's going to help me get through this, this incredible difficulty in my life. Uh, seems like other people are going along, and they're going along fine, but my goodness, my, my life is upside down right now. Uh, my life is in turmoil. This, this has happened, and, and I, I can't seem to see the forest for the trees. God, I wonder if you're going to be faithful. I'm here to tell you this morning without any hesitation that God is faithful. Uh, hallelujah. He will never go back on his promise. Uh, receive the promise this morning that God will see you through. He will see you through. He will. Romans 4 and 21, it says this this morning. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he is also able to perform. If God said it, then you can believe it. If God declared that it's going to happen, then you can be assured it's going to take place. In January of 2022, let your faith arise uh, on this Sunday morning. 
that what God has promised. I'm, I'm going to believe in 2022 that God is going to fulfill what the promise that he gave me in September of of 2003 at, at General Conference in Toronto, what God had placed into my spirit, and I'll never forget that service and, and how God put that into my spirit that day. And I've never forgotten what God told me in that service, and I'm going to believe it for 2022. Whatever God has said to you, whatever's been prophesied over your life, hallelujah, that you just held on to for however long, whether it's months or years, maybe decades, be reminded that it's no different uh, than Abraham. Abraham was promised things that he did not see. He did not see for 25 years. Say, so, oh, pastor, I, I don't want it to have to be 25 years. Well, no, um, I understand that. I'm here to encourage you not to do it for God. Not to try to figure it out for God. In the instances of Lot, that became troublesome for Abram. Eleven years in, deciding to have a child with Hagar, that's been troublesome for a long time. It's not, it's not what God wants us to do what he can. We're just to do what we can, and God... Whatever you have promised, you will perform. So I encourage you right now at home, right where you are right now, would you just, would you just kind of bring the family all together right now? If you're watching online or listening this morning, would you just kind of stop everything else that you may be doing right now and just bring yourself into just you and God? And what God has placed into your life, the promises that he's placed into your spirit. Maybe it's just happened in the last few weeks or the last few months. Or maybe it's been years. It, it, the length of time is, is, is not what's most important. What's most important is that if God said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't try to solve it. Don't try to solve it for him right there with your family. Would you just take a hold of their hands right now if you got someone close by? You say, God, we know you've been faithful, God. God, we know you've been faithful. We know, God, that you're true. What you say is yay and amen. We don't have to question, God, that what you're going to do, you are going to perform it. If you're able to do it, God, then we know that you're going to perform it because you you can do all things, God. With us, it may be impossible, but with you, nothing is impossible. And God allowed, God allowed Abraham to see that what he had promised, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. That's exactly what came to pass. Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. That's exactly what came to pass. Abraham, I'm going to bless them that bless thee and Curse them that curse thee. And that's exactly what has come to pass. What God said to Abraham that day, before he ever left his homeland, the farm, and, and family and friends, and what God said, that's what came to pass. If God will do that for Abraham in January of 2022, God will do that for you. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.